Blog Talk Radio. Twenty-two men graced the rugged fields of yesterday, fighting for one more first down, one more yard gain, one final score, which would bring victory after 60 minutes of battle on the gridiron. Tonight, we'll explore the world of gridiron greats. Welcome to Gridiron Greats Football! Yeah! On the Gridiron Greats Publishing and Broadcasting Network, in conjunction with Swick Enterprises, and we're live from the Wallingford, for Connecticut home of Gridiron Greats Magazine. And I'm Bob Swick, publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine. And I'll be your host for the show. Gridiron Greats is the only publication in America which focuses upon the history and memorabilia of the North American football game since its inception in 1869. We cover 140 plus years of football history and memorabilia. And you find us on the web app. GridironGreatsMagazine.com. It is at this time I'd like to introduce my co-host. He is a senior contributing writer to Gridiron Greats Magazine, a football memorabilia historian, specializing in pre-World War II items, in particular Red Grange, and also Seattle Seahawk items, in particular Steve Lark. He hails from Portland, Oregon. Mr. Joe Squires, Joe. Welcome to the show this evening. Uh, Captain, pleasure to be here as always, sir. You had a little pep in your step during your football. Uh, it's good. We are we are back again in our September time frame. We're going to be doing a couple of podcasts this month. Football season is yep. in full swing. I was commenting to you prior to the show. I had a chance to see your Seahawks with an injured Pete Carroll on the sideline. Um, <laughs> watching them lose at home, apparently for the first time in almost 10 years, um, to the New Orleans Saints. So, yeah. Interesting to see. What they didn't look so good. They didn't look so good, Bob. That's for sure. You know. Yeah, very. I guess even even Michael Jordan lost games from time to time. I even um, I even found out how Pete hurt his nose. I guess he got hit with a ball, so it added even more drama to the sideline. Watching him chew his gum <laughs> and pace back and forth 
uh, with the um, the Band-Aid on stitches his on nose. His yeah. You could see stitches. It just added right. to the drama. Yeah. yeah. Adds, you went a step further than I did, Bob, because I didn't even bother looking up. <laughs> it added to the drama right. on any given Thursday, Sunday, or Monday. Anything can yeah. happen in the in the Indeed, NFL. Yeah. So I'm going to lead off our show tonight uh, with some correspondence I received from a younger reader, gentleman in his 30s. He asked that his name not be used. I respect that from anybody. And I notice how younger collectors don't like publicity as compared to us older collectors. But in any event, he said to me in his correspondence, which was kind of interesting, he says, I know you really don't like graded cards, but I'm going to tell you why I like mine, graded. And he's also collecting newer cards, which I, that's fine with me. I don't have a problem with it. And uh, he's saying I, I try to find cards of his favorite team. He's a um, big Cowboys collector. And uh, I'm sorry, not Cowboys, te- uh, Texans, Houston Texans uh, collector. And gave me his background, was from Houston, yada, yada, yada. And he says, I collect basically any card that's graded perfect by, now get this, Beckett grading, not PSA, not SGC. Because he likes the way Beckett grades. He likes his newer cards. And he says, I got a collection of about 40 cards right now. He says, I'm very particular, so on and so forth. So... I wrote him back, and I just said, well, I I think that's great, and I'd like to feature you one day as our super collector, yada, yada, yada. And I do understand his, you know, his thoughts as far as graded cards are concerned, that he feels that he's getting a legitimate card that is legitimately graded to be the best that there is for that card. He also realizes there's more than, you know, a lot of these cards – have multiple, you know, there they're may be printed in the thousands. He may have a few inserts, special inserts that are only, you know, a hundred of them are printed, so on and so forth. But he feels very comfortable collecting that way. And I said, well, that's good. That's fine. If you, that's your niche. There's nothing wrong with it. Collect what you want. And then, Collect and what then you I, want. Throw out, I, I throw out, you know, you're a Texan fan. When you go to a game, Make sure you buy a program, keep your tickets stuff, pick up a media guide every year. There's a lot of peripheral stuff to collect. And I said, learn more as much as you can. So he said he wasn't really at that level of collecting it, but he says maybe down the road he will, so on and so forth. So I find I find two things that, I, that I'm comfortable with. Number one, there's hope for the hobby because I see a young person collecting his, his favorite team. And of all teams, a team that's not overly collected, but again, if you're from Houston – you know, you'd probably want to collect the Oilers and collect the Texans, and I did did suggest to him, why don't he start collecting some Oiler cards, so on and so forth. I didn't get a response on that. But, uh, and again, he probably doesn't know much about it, but, you know, it's a good research project. Go back and learn and see, uh, and see, uh, you know, what where the team where the team came from, so on and so forth. So, very interesting. Yeah, that's a new, so, uh, and it's a newer team. You're, it's the Texans. Yeah. It's not like he's you know, so a, a, a young person who loves a newer team, that's that's awesome. I agree with you. That's yep. good for the hobby. It's good for the sport. And, you know, I, and, I, and I look at yourself, too. You know, I know I got quite a few years on you. You grew up with the Seahawks, and that's pretty cool. 
And I, I still remember a good friend of mine, you know, locally here. His favorite team became the Tampa Bay Bucks back in 1976. And I was always amazed by it. And he says, I, I'm just tired of, tired of, um, at that time, which is kind of funny, tired of um, the losing of the Jets all the time. So he said, I want to, you know, start with a new team, start fresh. And he's been a Bucks fan ever since. So it's kind of interesting to, you know, what happened back in the 70s for you with the Seahawks, which was your local team. Yeah. And uh, now this guy with his Texans, uh, it's a good, it's good for the hobby. It's good for the hobby. However, Absolutely. we still need some newer collectors getting out there and collecting some of the old stuff at the same time. You know what I mean? So, uh, but we've got to take one thing at one time. And, and one situation at one time, as far as collecting is concerned, I did find it interesting. Um, he's not alone. A lot of newer collectors prefer Beckett for grading their newer cards. And I, I don't have a good reason why, other than they're, they've pretty much been brought up by Beckett, you know, with the price guide, the monthly price guide, so on and so forth. So they're comfortable yeah. staying with them for, for grading. So, you know, that could be one theory behind it. I got a feeling that, you know, they they market it well with regards to it. You know what I mean? So it's uh, just something to, to keep to keep uh, thinking about. There's hope for the hobby. And um, as as much as what I saw at the National, <laughs> uh, I had a lot of mixed feelings one way or the other with the National. But there is, you know, I still see, you know, people were collecting. And there is a great demand for newer cards graded. I just can't see the point well, of breaking breaking open a pack of cards and then just getting them graded right away. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And you know, and Beckett. I mean, and Beckett, the holder does look good. Uh, and Beckett does break it down into sides, you know, corners, you know, color, etc. So I mean, it, it is a good-looking holder. It's just, you know, us collectors have learned that Beckett is where you go. You know, they're they're a lot more lenient on sheet cut. Uh, you know, sheet cut cards. They're a lot more lenient. You know, they're they're not as good as catching trimmed cards. So, mm-hmm. you know, a vintage guys tend to mistrust a Beckett holder because of those two things. Uh, so we tend to think of oh, they haven't a Beckett holder or a BVG holder. Uh, they must not have been able to get it graded via PSA or SGC, so they went to the third one. They're just looking to get it slapped. Uh, that tends to be the yep. uh, that tends to be the process. For vintage, yeah. Well, you know, and and again, to me, they do look attractive in the Beckett holder. I still like SGC with the with the black background. I I think they're the most attractive as far as looking at the cards, you know. And again, because the only graded cards I own are the Mayos. I don't like the Mayos in PSA. I mean, they they just look lousy to me. There's no there's nothing attractive about it. A mail card in an SGC holder is much more attractive to me. You know, than, than that's just me. That's my my feelings yeah. on it, one way or the other. Other people would swear, you know, I just want PSAs for my mails and that's it type of thing. You know, so yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. I, I I love the look of the black yeah. SGC holder. It's just uh, I think most people, most dealers, most you know collectors would tell you things are just more valuable in a PSA holder. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of my old ticket, ticket stubs, a lot of my postcards, 
uh, I send it to SGC because it's my personal collection. It's not going anywhere. Yep. I can care yep. less about, uh, you know, the grade or the resale. It's, you know, and it's so thinly traded. It's such a, you know, such an odd item that most people don't care. I'm, I'm getting it slabbed to protect it and, you know, to, to validate it, uh, you know, to authenticate it. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not concerned. So. Yeah. So, but I just, I just think it's, you know, the, the, the fascination with greater cards is, this, you know, we'd be good beating a dead horse and talking about it for the past few years. Yeah. And, you know, with the, with the scandal continuing, the problems continuing and hopefully they're going to, you know, everything's going to be just brushed under the rug and, and, and that's it. It's, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to change. It's not going to change my feelings on it. You know what I mean? But I do respect this younger collector and I, and, you know, I encourage, I try to encourage him. Hey, look at, you know, a lot of other stuff you can collect. And another thing, team photos, you know, team photos are, are to me so, so nice to have. They're so collectible. Just a just a nice collectible from your favorite team type of thing, and uh, they've been overlooked for a long time to say the least. But anyways, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, we got a new issue of Gridiron Greats coming out over the next few weeks, and uh, we're currently uh, laying it out. I do want to give our listeners a heads up that I really want uh, you to really think about if you don't subscribe to Gridiron Greats, if you don't own any copies of Gridiron Greats magazine, there's one copy you're going to want to want to buy. And this, it's this upcoming issue. And the reason being, uh, I heard that my co-host is being featured as the super collector in this upcoming <laughs> issue. And, and uh, reading and unfortunately having editing a few of your responses, I um, I am looking forward to the layout of the article and the the uh, items we're going to be showing in many cases for the first time to the reading collecting public of the Joe Squires <laughs> collection. And uh, again, you know the pedigree of your collection is superb. Uh, the stuff you own is just amazing, and um, well, it's just uh, very. Well, very, I'm humbled very, very to nice. I'm humbled to finally humbled to finally be the the super collector. Thank you, Bob. And I've been texting Bob things that didn't quite make the cut. Uh, and perhaps we'll talk about it in the next show after the uh, after the the gridiron greats comes out. Uh, but it's just, it's kind of fun. I had a hard time whittling it down to six. And uh, there's one little surprise in there, uh, autographed large and card that'll kind of surprise some people that it makes one of my top cards. But the reason behind it is very nostalgic and, you know, et cetera. But, yeah, I had, had a lot of fun putting that together. And, uh, and again, yeah. I'm glad to see. I, I wanted to make sure you had something that represents Largent because that, that's such a large part of your collection. And, you know, all kidding aside, you know, he was your childhood hero. You met the man. Yeah. You know, you, you, you know the, how cool can it be? You know, and I, I always look at that, that picture of you as a young kid with him. It's just so cool to me to see, and I, I always wish I, I had the same thing with, with Bart Starr, but I never did, and, you know, that's it. You know, it, it is, it, it is uh, it's the way the, you know, way it happened, and that's it. But in your case, you got to, got to meet your hero. You've met him a couple other times where you got autographs, so it's uh, a very, very nice thing to see, and, and, uh, and to be such a big part 
of what I feel is probably the best sergeant collection in the country. Not so much in volume, <laughs> but just in the sh- you know the sheer the sheer amount of stuff you have of them. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. You basically, have every one of his cards, right? That uh, every, that came every out. One, yes. <laughs> yes, sir. That that and two bucks so, will give you a cup of coffee in, in, in most places. But <laughs> you know, it is fun. It, it yeah, it, it's fun. I've enjoyed it. So. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's no way you, you you couldn't enjoy something like that again, you know. And and you know, the nice part about Larkin, he had a nice career. He had a lot of nice stuff produced on him. You know, there's a lot of regional sets out there that you collected. You know, the police set cards, the uh, potato chip cards, there, so on and so forth. There, I mean, there's yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff that yeah that he came out with. Yeah, uh, his Alex cards and um, you know. This, that, that stuff is neat. That's really nice to see and uh, and to collect. So uh, Seahawks to me, they get there's a lot of nice regional sets of the Seahawks that can be collected. Yeah. So you know, and anybody collecting yeah. them, I mean, uh, I know the early the early sets are very difficult, but the police sets are are, are relatively easy to find yeah. and um, and, a, and a few of the other I mean, ones. There's so. the, yeah, there's the the 1977 Fred Myers set, which is a local grocery yeah, store yeah. here that, you know, is this that came out the same time as his rookie card. I mean, uh, yep. you know, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, cool black bordered set that's just a regional set. I mean, it's those little regional sets that are really cool, you know, that I've yeah. I've really become to enjoy. You know, the Oro Wheat, the yeah, you know, but. It's been fun. It, it's kind of become my shtick. I mean, I, I like making fun of myself about it. Just, uh, you know, a lot of people joke around about me having a restraining order on Steve Largent. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. I've, you know, I've had, I've had friends Photoshop, you know, me and Steve Largent into various, you know, riding on a unicorn, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's yeah. taken mm-hmm. on a mind of its own. It's become really fun. And uh, it's just, I'm, and yeah, yeah, I'm, the, I'm, 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 I'm okay. And then the other nice thing too is that you were, you were able to see him play live in person. You know, went to many games in the life. Yeah. So that that's another real nice part of the of of the whole aura of the collection too. You know, you got a lot of personal involvement in the collection. You got a lot of personal um, memories in the collection, and that's what makes it totally. makes it very 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 nice. So, and uh, again, I'm glad you included it and. Uh, I know many people will be uh, wanting to get that issue when it comes out because it's going to be uh, very, very uh, a, a hot collectible as soon as it comes off the press in a few weeks. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll be inundated. We'll be inundated with uh, with uh, people wanting to buy it. All right, at this I love it. At this time, we have our special guest. He just called in. He's well-known to our listeners of our podcast, as he's been on several times in the past. He's one of the owners of MSB Sports Cards and BST Auctions. He's a football memorabilia historian who has an amazing collection of Pittsburgh Steelers items and early NFL items. And i like to welcome to our show our good friend, Mr. John Smith. John, welcome to the show tonight. Thanks, Bob. Hey, Joe, what's going on? And those... Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. items after this season, they, they may be for sale. So we'll see how that goes. But <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long season. Yeah. I haven't experienced 
experienced one of those since the eighties when I was a kid. So it's uh, it's going to be a long, long season, long, tough haul. We'll see what happens. See how much character they have. It's interesting how you get used to uh, just that culture of winning. I mean, you know, Bob, you know, take the Packers during the Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers run. Yep. I mean, you're just yep. you're just used to a win. Uh, you know, you're you're used to nine and ten win seasons. Uh, and you know, when somebody goes down, when somebody gets hurt, they you know, take Andrew Luck retiring. You know, uh, you know, Drew Brees. You know, he he'll be back. He just hurt his hand. You know, but. You just take a, a you know, a, a, it just takes a few people to, you know, go down and, you know, again, you're not very far away from being a six-win team. Well, yeah, you know, the, I'm hoping Packers, for six, to be honest with you. The Packers are a good example. When they lost Rodgers, I mean, they, they weren't able to do anything. I mean, it's, it's, it's very evident. So that's why I always said for years now, the number two quarterback in the NFL needs to be a number one quarterback at any second. And uh, that's 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 the way they got to play like. So, what it comes down yep. to. Well, John, thanks for being on the show tonight. Um, I want to lead off by starting off by asking you, what are your feelings to the issues we're currently seeing with uh, the problems with graded cards in the hobby, with the, the shortcuts, the, the doctoring, so on and so forth? You as a dealer on the other side of the table there, what what's going on in your mind with all this stuff? Uh, it, it adds an extra dimension uh, to doing that because, you know, now where you would just get those things in hand. And, you know, I, I always would look at cards that would come in, make sure that, you know, obviously the holder wasn't tampered with and you know, take kind of peek at the card, make sure the card matches what the grade is. Um, but now it's it's at a new level. I mean, there, there you have people on one side, the, the, uh, the third-party graders, admitting that, you know, their things are slipping by them. And, you know, I – that opens up questions in itself too, and then, and and when you're trying to sell something like that, you know, before it was easy, you know, hey, I have a PSA eight card, and you know, it's a nice looking card, and and here you go, and you know, but but now it's like you know, somebody's gonna get it get it in hand and question it and trace its, you know, its its lineage, and 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 they rightfully so. You pay that kind of money for a card, you expect that you know it's it's going to be good and. It's unfortunate, uh, you know. Even back in the day, Joe, I'm sure you can remember this too, and I know Bob, you can. I I remember going to a show in the '80s, uh, early '80s, and I bought a 1975 Terry Bradshaw card. I still have that card, and I, it was gorgeous looking. And I wasn't nobody was worried about condition. There were two conditions in the grade book, if you remember back then: very good and, and mint. And uh, yeah, and it, this was a, this was a mint card. You know, it looked gorgeous, mm-hmm. and I brought it home. And I, you know, twelve, eleven year old kid, I, I set it next to my other cards. I realized it, it's trimmed. I'm like, well, who would do that? I think I paid fifty cents for it. You know, but somebody yeah. instead of twenty five cents, they got fifty cents out of it. So as long as there's money to be made, unfortunately, there's going to be people that are going to going to do these things. And um, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, it's, it's very unfortunate. Well, what you know, happens there, John? I mean, let's say let's say somebody consigns a card to you, and then uh, you know somebody buys it, and then the person who buys it goes, "Hey, uh, I just I just saw this thing on you know a, a forum, and it was submitted by you know a, a known trimmer. It's on a list. I want a refund. I mean, where does the buck stop on that? I mean, and I don't know. It's it's become a game of hot potato, hasn't it? And it's kind of scary. It really yeah. is. And I, I I'm I'm thankful if you look at the auction. I mean, we have decent amount of graded cards, but probably fewer 
as a as a function or percentage than we've ever had. You know, most of the stuff is you know one on one ephemera, you know, items that are in this auction. So it's kind of breathing a sigh of relief relief over the last few months as I I looked at our offering and said, I you know this is this is going to be a little bit easier. Um, but even within the last week, I've I've received some phone calls, people that are concerned about things that are in the auction, and I'm like. You know, I've, I've looked everything over, and all I can give you is my assurance, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that everything's good, but you're, you're welcome to scrutinize. And, I, you know, I invite that. You have to. So. Yeah. And, and almost, it, you almost did. The, the, the one thing I, you know, I, I'll comment on when you going back to what you were saying, you're picking up that Bradshaw card. Somebody had asked me um, on one of the boards, well, the board I'm on, that we're all on, about the 48 Leafs, and I and I and like I said, when I collected that set back in the 80s, I honestly never saw anything in near mint or mint condition, because you know we didn't have graded cards back then. Basically, the the best grade I saw was VGEX. Okay, so how did all of a sudden all these perfect mint cards come to the market is beyond me. You know, and and again, that I was there was a lot more shows going on back then. In my opinion, there was a lot more people selling cards, and you yeah. know, just looking for them. Like I said, I never, I never really found. I found most of my forty-eight weeks, to be honest with you, in good and less condition, from poor to good, and especially the high. Well, I never saw. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I never saw a high well, number in, in mint condition. You know, I I own nothing in 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 even. Uh, you know, the closest I got in good con- in in a better condition would would I would say would be an X would probably be a six at the best. Okay, so how did how did we get all these eight nines and tens? It's beyond me, you know. So. Well, we know the answer, unfortunately, and that's and uh, Joe Colabella, who we we all know. Uh, I had a long conversation with him probably about fifteen years ago. I was buying a couple trickles from him. And he told me how many chickles he'd handled over the years. And, you know, it's, it's a number that's it's almost unbelievable. And, you know, he, he has. You know, he had a lot of inventory at that time, you know, 10, yeah, 15 yeah. each card. And he told me that he'd never really seen a trickle card until the grading, the advent of grading, that he would have considered better than x Men. You know, fives right, and sixes right. were, were the top-of-the-line card. And, you know, the, the regular card, like you said, was a, a good, very good card, a, a handled card, but, you know, not abused. And so that, that, that's what he would sell as a, an excellent card, you know, the old, the old style, you know, the, the grading scale that they would use. And he said, I, I have no idea. He goes, I know where they're coming from. He goes, but there's no way. There's no way that there's this many yep. of them. So, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, and I, and I think we all have. I, I as you know, I wrote the nineteen forty nine Leaf article for the last issue. I love that set. I, I just it's kinda like the the, the red headed stepchild of uh, uh you know, the, the vintage sets and I just there's not that many of them out there. I've really gone after it and, and tried to put and been working on it for twenty five years. I've got my setup to work that averages about X. I have a couple cards that are a little bit higher. Uh, I've looked at them, I think they're good, but you know, who who am I to say anymore? You you don't know. If they're getting them past the to PSA and SCC, then uh, who am I? You know, my eyes aren't even yeah. good anymore. So, yeah. And now the problem it's difficult. Now, now the problem is, John. I mean, you mentioned your upcoming, you know, auction. I mean, the big problem is somebody gives you a a, a group of high, you know, high end PSA graded cards. You know, if two years ago those just went into the auction, and now you're having to scrutinize the people who 
or hired to scrutinize the cards. I mean, it's it's just it's where we're at right now. It's it's an infinite regress. There's multiple levels of scrutiny, and and when does it stop? I mean, I guess when you get the card into somebody's hands and they say I'm okay with it, I guess, I guess that's where it has to end. But when does it end? You know, when does somebody wake up one day and they've read enough or they've heard enough and they get to that tipping point? They're like, I'm going to start looking at the cards in my collection, and then they start finding things they don't like. You know, and they're like, oh, okay, you know, this might be trimmed, and then you start, and it just, it's discouraging. And that's what has, happens, unfortunately. I think, I don't think that we're going to see a mass exodus. I don't think the hobby's going to collapse. There's too many people that, that, mm-hmm. that really enjoy it. But at the same time, I think you're going to see a difference in how people collect. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's, well, it's maybe not cracking everything out of holders, but it, it might be, well, you know, I'm not going to go for that that registry stuff anymore. I'm not going to get involved yep. in that. I'm just going to collect a, a set that's appealing to me and appealing to my eyes and just go from there. Yep. So, I think you're absolutely yep. right. Yep. Well, let's, uh, let's change gears here to something that's cool, something that's fun, and something all of us love. Uh, your upcoming BST auction. You, I missed the, uh, the, the preview you sent out to me. I, I'm sorry, my loss. I got your link last night, perused through the auction. It kicks ass, John. It looks good. Uh, tell us about it. I'm us. so excited. Tell us about I'm Super excited. Well, I mean, the oh. leadoff item is uh, is a, a, a ball that we received as a consignment about a month and a half ago. It's a, a game ball, 1919 Army-Navy game. And for what it's worth, mm-hmm. and I did a lot of research on the ball and, and the game itself. The game is ranked uh, number six all-time in the Army-Navy contests. Uh, for whatever reason, it wasn't the greatest game, the 6 nothing, uh, and Navy won. Uh, but it was quite a game because it was celebrating the return to somewhat normalcy after World War One. The two teams hadn't played for two years. You had all the who's-who's there. Pershing, I think, came out, and I don't know if he did the coin toss, but he did some opening ceremonies. And, and then you had two field goals, and that won the game. But we, we had the ball from that game. We had the ball – that is etched in the leather, you know, whatever they did, wow. these type of burn, burning implement, after the first field goal was kicked. Um, and uh, provenance coming from uh, a gentleman who was not only a player for Navy in the 1900s, I think he played in 1906 to 1909, um, named Richardson. He was a coach on the team. He also was a uh, lieutenant commander as well. So he got, they gave him the ball for whatever reason, and he had it in his collection, and it, it was with him for years, and then it's only changed hands twice since then. So uh, it, it is wow. quite a piece, quite a piece, and, and probably one of the more significant game balls I've ever seen offered. Um, and we're very excited really? to have it and looking forward to that. So that's that, that's a leadoff piece. And it, it's there's a lot of good stuff after that too, obviously, which you guys have seen. Um, I think I think I mentioned you, Joe, when we were texting today. There's 50 items in the auction that are red grain items. So I mean, the, the, <laughs> I hate to call him the the, the, babe, the Babe Ruth of, of football, but you know he, he is. So you know, and there's 50 items yeah. that pertain to him. Yeah, it looked good, John. I really enjoyed bruising through. You've uh, like you mentioned, you know, some really good uncut sheets. I saw a 69 tops uncut sheet, which is so so stunning when you see all the cards put together and so colorful. Uh, 61 Fleer second series, uh, 81, 82, 84. You had a 1977 tops. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see if uh, my man Largent was in there. Is that uh, is that the T series one? I am pretty sure it is. In fact, I have the auction open in front of me here on my 
my computer and I could take a peek real quick as I answer some other questions. Uh, we have uh, the thing that I'm most impressed with, and this is just me because this is the direction my plucking's going right now, is we have original artwork awesome. from Bowman and Tufts. Uh, just in, incredible yeah. stuff. Um, 19, and they're all the, the Bowman cards, the five of them that are in the auction, they're all unissued pieces. They're unissued artwork. But they never made the cards for Unissued. Unissued so, cards. I saw that. That was incredible. That is so cool, you know. Yeah, I love the Bowman set. I love the Bowman set. I picked up a couple of your uh, your uncut 1950 Bowman sheets in your last auction that were framed. I love them. They hang in my office. They look stunning. Yeah, it's and and one thing that I'm really pleased about with this auction that uh, you know we not that we got away from it, but you know I was going to lower lot numbers or lower numbers of lots and and, and bigger lots. I, this this auction ranges from opening bids of fifty dollars all the way up to ten thousand dollars. So there, there's really something if you, if you want something collectible and it's the fifty dollar items are still neat items. They're just they're fifty dollar items and stuff, yeah. you know. So it's going to give everybody an opportunity to add. And again, this comes a lot of this comes from the the Mike's collections, Mr. Blaisdell, yeah. Mr. Moran. So you know you, you know yep. these, these were well thought of items when they were put into the collection. So uh, without a doubt, really neat stuff. Without a doubt, this show's called amazing. This show's called Gridiron Great, not not basketball, uh, not basketball court greats. But I also noticed you had a couple of uh, you know nice uncut basketball sheets and stuff too. Just a really good swath of sports. I liked it. Yeah, I mean we have a ton of baseball in this auction too, and and basketball, a lot of basketball. Um, and, and again, not getting away from football. Um, but if there's a pretty much a full range of basketball offered all the way from the, the 48 Bowman set up until the, the late seventies, most of the sets are there. Uh, there's a few things, you know, uh, missing, but there's, there's pretty much a full run. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. Truly unbelievable. Well, that's some great stuff. Well, there. That's a- Oh, yeah, I mean we're 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 like I said, super excited, and and again, ranging from the eighteen uh, seventies uh, all the way up until the nineteen eighties. So again, something pretty much for everybody. Yeah, I guess it's it's kind of like asking who your favorite child is. Every auction is different, but I mean, there's got to be some things when you get them, when somebody approaches you at a national, when somebody calls you or emails you about an item your heart just races a little bit more where you're just like, Oh my, 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 my. I mean, and you've been a collector longer than I have. I mean, what, what's something in this auction that you're kind of like, that's, that's pretty damn cool. Uh, the, uh, the Cornell piece. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. I think it's the second item in the auction. It's, uh, 1891, I believe Cornell piece or 1892 Cornell piece with, uh, Win Osgood, who if anybody wants to do the research, was quite the athlete. There's a cabinet out there of him, uh, that shows him, uh, carrying the ball almost in a Heisman pose. And I, I missed this on, on eBay. It was years ago, probably close to 20 years ago. And he had a sleeve cut off because he was such a specimen in the 1890s. And he had, had a sleeve cut off holding the ball and flexing his monster arm. He was a gymnast. He was a, just an all around athlete and a, and a great football player. He's killed in the Spanish American war. So, uh, he had, he has a following. I mean, again, you have to do your research and know your football history, but he's sitting in the front row and then you have pop Warner sitting in the second row for, in his first year as a freshman for Cornell. 
So they're both both in the picture. Uh, possibly the earliest pick for Warner in a football uniform. So I'll check that Can't out. Say that Thank for you. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, lot number two, I believe. I just found your sheet. Yes, there, there are two seventy-seven sheets. Uh, lot four thirty-eight has the larger rookie on it, so just so you can mark your pages. You just made my heart go pitter patter, John. <laughs> you were asking about pieces that I like, and I wanted to let you know one that you'd like too. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so, there's so many things, but that when I saw that, I that was hand delivered to me, actually at my house by a person who's somewhat local and brought it to the house, showed it to me, and I'm like, you want to consign this? Well, I really want to sell it. And I'm like, well, you know, let's talk about what that means and what kind of exposure I can give you. So I'm hoping wow. good things with that Cornell piece. I, I, and, again, as we talk about what's going on in the hobby, not that I'm trying to dissuade people from buy, buying cards because I still love cards too, but you want to grab onto something that is that is almost unique, and that this is unique, obviously. But you know some of these older yeah. pieces, you can't find other ones. And you just you're not going to find yeah. this again, and, and they're not going to come up again. So original artwork, yeah. those kind of things. You're absolutely right. You and John have, or you and you and Andy have single-handedly changed me from being you know kind of a set collector to to more you know of, of an esoteric rare you know, you know, agnostic to the, you know, to the condition kind of collector, you know, just one of a kind stuff, photos, tickets, program. I mean, you know, I, I remember where I was, you know, when, uh, you know, when Andy called me and we were talking about the Pottsville Maroons postcards and he was like, Joe, you want to jump on these, you know, trust me, you want to jump on these, you know, and I just, yeah, it's just, it's kind of cool. It is. You know, and I remember where I was when I talked to you about those too. I was sitting at a at a softball game, standing on the fence when you called me. So yeah, it's, it's funny how you remember those things. <laughs> you know, again, it's it's yeah. it's an overlooked part of our hobby. There's so many other things you can collect other than just cards. You know, sometimes you really just got to take a step back and say, okay, I want to I want postcards, I want team photos, I want the program and ticket stubs and the like, and uh, you know. A lot of it's rare, rarer than rare, and you know, it's it's a, a great part of anybody's collection. Once you start picking them up, so that's uh, yeah. very very true. Yep. And that's what I hope people do in this auction too, Bob. Is is you know when they get a chance to take a look at it. I know everybody's very busy. Hopefully, catalogs are going to be here by the end of the week. I can't predict what the USPS does, but you try to time it out so they they arrive just as as Betty's are getting started. You don't want it coming too much earlier, but you know, that's what we tried to do. So I'm hoping they're going to start landing the mailboxes here pretty soon. Um, and, and you know, you you want people to to enjoy the auction and go through it and say, hey, this is this is a catalog I'm going to say for reference because there's some stuff I might not ever see again, or you know, I want to have an idea, you know, what some of the stuff looks like. And I'm I'm looking for some other items right now too. We have uh, Ticket stub that was at New York Giants Stadium, uh, first stub or f- from their first home game, 1925. Uh, we I picked, saw that. Picked that up. Uh, it's, a, it's a great piece. Uh, and then we have a Frankfurt Yellow Jackets 1927 season ticket book with two tickets still left inside wow. of it. Which, again, <laughs> you, know, you talk talk about things you're not going to see again. Yep, they, they, absolutely. They don't, they don't come up. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's, those are definitely one of ones to say the least, so, uh, and yeah. they should be yeah. 
I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of interest in him at the same time. I hope so. I really do. And again, you know, I, I obviously am trying to pump the auction here, but uh, you know, with you look at some of these things, and like you said, Joe, you know, what are, what are the things that excite you as much as you've seen? And it's even some of the stuff that I go through that might not seem that exciting, but I'm, I'm holding items in like the post serial boxes. There's a whole slew of it. I know there's a, a bunch of 60s collectors out there. It, it seems to be coming a, a hot area. And it's just uh, these unfolded boxes. You know, where did they come from? Yeah. You know, who saved them? You know, yeah. and, and yeah. you want to kind of trace that backwards and think in your mind, I'm like, you know, you. You, you run backwards on the timeline, and, and you, you're like, what, what, where has this thing been for the last 50-some years? How did it end up in this shape? How is it flattened out? Why did it never get open? Was it, you know, was it in a, a, a file yeah. folder somewhere, you know, so somebody could use it as reference to the company? Or did, you know, somebody bring it home from, you know, work? You know, hey, my kid might like this, and, you know, and, you know I work at Post Serial, but I'm not going to fold it up. I'm just going to bring one of these empty boxes home, and, and you know, and, and somebody saved it, put it, you know, somewhere and it's it lasted all these years and you still wonder and it's just really neat to see these things and if you're a collector and you've, you've spent the last 20 years 30 years or when you were a kid putting these sets together and now you have a chance to add a companion piece like that it's like wow you know that kind of puts the icing on the cake for your collection when you do those type of things so mm-hmm. totally now, what's, no, good point. When's, when's the auction actually opening jen i know it's in a, in a few days well, it, it's it's scheduled to open on the evening this Friday. What is that, the 27th? Yeah, the 27th. Okay. And I will probably open it a little early. Uh, I'll okay. probably open it a, you know, a few hours early that day, just depending on what my schedule looks like. But I always like to give some people a heads up and a head start and, and uh, just <laughs> generate a little bit of excitement. So, you know, go in and place those bids a bit early and often. So, um, and yeah, does that's got to feel kind of good. Got to feel kind of good to press the button and start a start your own auction off. I like that. It's it's almost uh, addictive, Joe, because you you start rolling through because I have some screens that I can watch the auction and you know you hit refresh and you see how many bids been placed in the last five minutes and you see people getting involved and it's it's a neat feeling. It really is. It's kind of cool. It's one of the things I enjoy the most. And when's the auction close? It's going to close on the twentieth which is a Sunday, 20th okay. of October. Okay. And we're going to do the okay. same thing that we did in the past, where we're going to close it at 5 in the afternoon Eastern, and then we'll let it roll probably until 11 or 12 or so. We're not going to, it won't stay open later than 12, but it will not be a hard close at 12. I'm going to say that now for the people who are listening, and I'll make sure to put out some emails there too, because I had some people that were planning snipe bids at 11.59.59 last time, and I, I think I closed it at like 11.55 <laughs> last time. I'm just yeah. I'm not going to play those games, and I'm not. It's it's not. I, I I don't have anybody in queue on phones. You know, what, what time you close it? Let me know. I I don't answer phone calls typically after 11:45. But we <laughs> since we've been doing this, um, if you yeah. haven't placed your bid by that time, then you're you're you're, you're risking not getting what you want. That's all I could say. So, um, I you know, I'm curious. At auction like this, go for it, John. I don't know why you would you would want to snipe it for. I mean. Did what you think your yeah. maximum is, put it in, and let it go. That's it. You know, I don't you know, know why that's so difficult. We've all been involved with message boards, and, and, and we've seen the, the manifestos that have been written about, you know, bidding strategies <laughs> and everything else. And I, I always get in, and I say it, and I probably really throw a, a wet blanket on things, but I just I said, I, I know what I want to bid. 
I'm not going to bid that on the first day, but usually by the last day, I'll put in the bid I want. If it holds, it holds. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yep. And and that's what it yep. comes down to. And that's why I've always I've maintained that. Yeah. If I gotten a little, if I had bidders remorse where I haven't bid enough, yeah, of course I have. But at the same yep. time, you know, when you look back on it, is it really that big of a deal? It's not. It's not. We're collecting. Yep. It's supposed to be fun. So you, you figure out if you want to spend two hundred dollars on something, put in my two hundred dollar bid, regardless of where the bid is. I have faith in the system and. Not going to worry about it if, if somebody if there's somebody doing something nefarious behind the scenes, and I, I don't know somebody will they'll pay the piper down the line somewhere else. I guess that's all. I'll bid what I'm willing to bid and be done with it. So that's what it comes down to. Yeah. John, wow. how do you and Andy handle closing night of an auction? Do you guys come together like one one of you guys go to each other's you know place and just hang out and talk about it, or you on speakerphone? What, what, but, yeah, what's the dynamic, you know, you know, the relationship between you two guys on closing night? It's speakerphone, and it, it can get hairy sometimes. Uh, we've never actually come together on auction night just because, you know, we're far enough away from each other that it just doesn't make sense. So, you know, I pretty much run operations around the year here in Ohio, and then, you know, everything gets shipped out there in warehouse once it's ready to go. And uh, and then Andy will, uh, will you know, he'll, he'll man the, the, the ship that last day with, with me on call. And uh, it's it's there's some funny stories that can be told, uh, some that I can't share here, uh, and some that I can. Uh, most notably, the last auction, if you remember, I don't know if both of you remember, the auction just mysteriously closed an hour after it opened, or hour after uh, extended bidding, about six o'clock, last time a year from uh, a oh, year wow. ago, just closed, just closed. And uh, we talked to our, our software people, and they're like, well, just let it close. I'm like, okay, that, that'll work out really well. Can you come to court with yeah, us when that, when that happens? So, so we, I sent out a quick message and said, hey, listen, you know, we had some malfunctions, which was the first time, knock on wood, that it happened in nine auctions, anything like that. And it had been pretty much totally a, a smooth sailing, and then we just opened it back up. And everything kind of, yeah. you know, right, right it, and then it ended, you know, went till the end of the auction, so. Uh, it's just very interesting that happened. Like some gremlins in the work, you know. They they, they found a way to to screw up the machinery. Oh, that was that was a panicky five minutes between myself and and Andy and the people we needed to call to get that all set up again. Especially when their first response was, wow. oh, "I just let it close." <laughs> let it close. Yeah. No big deal. I missed that. Huh. Interesting. John, so, but yeah, they, it's pretty interesting. Put, put you on to put you on the spot just a bit here. Um, what do you what do you actually feel deep down inside? What you think might be a growth area for the football card and memorabilia hobby in the future, short term and long term, if anything? Short term, I think you and again, you know, that's the hot potato market. Um, short term, for me, what I'm seeing. Uh, and it's blown my mind the last few auctions, although we don't really have anything like it in this auction, or the, the autograph rookie cards. I mean, they, they just, they blow up. But I, to me, and, and again, I, I don't, you collect whatever you want to. But to me, I see a lot of gambling going on. You know, you, you a Patrick Mahomes card selling for tens of thousands of dollars. And then you have an autographed mm. Barry Sanders card that'll sell for a couple hundred or maybe less. You know, it's 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 strange. It's a strange game, and it's a speculative game in that regard. I, I see that as being a a short term thing, and I think I don't know how that's going to right the ship. Uh, I don't know, especially as the, if these some of these autographs come out as you know, being auto penned or not real or not witnessed or whatever. You know, how's that going to 
I don't know. It's a difficult thing. So, you know, as as Andy has said before, you know, once they retire, you might as well just get rid of it Um, because it's only hot while they're still playing. It's a very interesting thing Um, because you have players that are are legends in the game and you have autographs. For instance, we have a Jim Thorpe autograph in this this auction. I don't know what it's going to sell for, but I tell you it's not going to sell for as much as a Patrick Mahomes autograph is going to sell for. It's ridiculous. It it doesn't make sense. There's, There's no logic behind it, but it's it is what it is, and that's the way the market's working right now. Uh, that's that's where the, the supply or where the demand is. That's short term. Long term, I think that as the hobby matures, I think you're going to see people, and I've said this before, you're going to get into more of the the one-on-one pieces, the rare pieces, and, and again, condition aside, like you said, Joe, and you you have to kind of let go of that. I've had people walk up to me and say, well, I don't like that. It's bent. I'm like, I've never seen another one. Well, it's got a big crease to it. Well, it's the only one I've ever seen. You say it over and over again, but people are really hung up on condition, and that's fine. But you also have to understand what you're looking at. You know, somebody offered you the Mona Lisa, and, you know, there was some, some cracking in the in the paint. You're like, well, you know, well, wait for another one to come up. You know, it's just, no, it's yeah. not going to happen. So, you know, and, and I think long-term, I think a lot of people are going to try to define their collections that way, at least, you know, experienced collectors, maybe not experienced collectors, maybe somebody getting in and, and doesn't have the the, uh, the preconceived notions of what the hobby's all about and say, well, this doesn't make sense. Why should I collect something there's there's thousands of and they get them in plastic slabs and I can buy this and there's only one of them. So I, I yeah. see that where it's going. And, and there's enough one, one things, one-on-one things that you know, people can focus on their collections. I don't know. I think cards will always be king, though. I, I really do. It's it's what started us all doing this. So I was really expecting, you know, the the NFL to do better with their hundred year, you know, you know, anniversary coming up. I mean, I was commenting about that to somebody, you know, watching Monday Night Football game. I'm like, man, you're just you're barely seeing any, you know, anything from the NFL about a hundred years. Uh, you know, there's a movie about Jim Thorpe's life coming out. I mean, you you see little bumps. And, you know, in those things when, you know, when somebody shines a light on it, I mean, you know, I don't know. And I just, I'm just, I'm not seeing a lot of that. It's just, it's not being handled very well by, you know, by the powers that be, I guess. And, and what's selling tickets nowadays, I guess is the question. My father and I just had this conversation. What's selling tickets is Antonio Brown. He's not even playing football. What's selling tickets and, and generating interest in the, in the league or, the, the drama stories, and this has been my biggest complaint about the sport for the last 10 years, is that we get wrapped up in the, the personal lives and, and the things that some of these guys do, good or bad. And the good stuff's great. I, I, I can listen to those stories till the end of the day, but I get really turned off when I have to, you know, they, they break into, it was, uh, I was watching uh, Army in Michigan a few weekends ago, and they broke in that, you know, Antonio Brown had, had uh, been released by the, uh, the, the Raiders. I'm like, I want to watch football. Yeah, yeah. I don't care anymore. I really don't. I, I'm, I'm sitting down to watch a yep. good college football game, and that's what's turned me off a lot from the, the sport yeah, in general. Yeah. As far as the 100-year stuff go, I don't think it sells tickets. I don't think people care outside of our small groups about that history as much. And I am pleased. I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, the seniors committee gets to pick 10 guys this year. Is that true for the Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty certain, I, and if I'm wrong on that, I apologize for even saying it, but I'm pretty sure that's what I heard, that they're going to have, there's going to be 20 inductees this year. 
Uh, you're going to have your five and then some contributors for the other five, and then I think they're going to use the seniors committee gets to pick ten. And if I can, if I, again, if I'm wrong about that, I apologize. Pretty sure that's what yeah. I read somewhere. I'd be interested to see who they pick. I'd be interested to see who they pick this year. I'd love to see them go back and get a Tony Latone and, uh, and a, you know, and a, a, a Tarzan Christensen. And a whisper. He should be in, regardless if there's 10 or 2 picks. It's ridiculous if he's not in. A Matt Speedy, uh, a Laddie Dillwig, a Cecil Isbell. I mean, these are the kind of guys that have been kind of overlooked. Uh, I'm trying to think who else I just sold. Uh, Carter, that was Ops Emerson, matchbook. Guy was all pro for seven years in a row, maybe all 1930s, all decade, came as a guard. Not even gets, doesn't even yep. get stuff. Play for the Lions. So I mean, why not? Why, why? What are we doing here? I mean, we have the resources available. We have the people doing the research. Go and get these guys, and even though they're not around anymore, unfortunately, at least get their families involved. Or at least give them the recognition they deserve after all this time. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Harder to be a pro football player back then than it was now. I mean, now it's money. You know, back then it was you're you're getting you're getting uh, you know you're getting beat up, and you got to go to work on Monday. Got to go to work on Monday and, and hope you can make ends meet. A lot of those guys that make much yeah. more money both playing football and working a, a, a day job than Joe Blow did back then. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully speaking we'll, of, we'll see that. I'd... Speaking of, we've been, you know, the, the three of us, when we get together, we can we can just talk hobby forever. <laughs> so, but we've been talking about a lot of vintage, a lot of football history. Uh, we, we always like to kind of wrap up, you know, you know, do you have any advice for beginning collectors? I mean, you know, you, you run an auction house, you see modern, you see vintage. I mean, and you and I are talking about vintage and what's what's coming, what's going. So, I mean, uh, what advice would you get to somebody who opens up your catalog for the first time who's wanting to get into collecting? You want deep philosophical or do you want you want uh, light and easy? <laughs> I can give you both <laughs> both answers. Uh, light and well, easy. I know, uh, I know, I know what you went. I know what you went to college for. I, I know what you went to college for, John. So I, I know you want to wax philosophy here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do the light and easy first. Just, just make sure it's uh, make sure it's something you want to do. Don't don't let anybody else you know drive you one direction or another. Find something that interests you, and, and don't be don't be afraid not to define your collection. I guess is the best way to put it. Because I, I I've enjoyed. I look at what I have now, and I'm like, my gosh. Like, put me in a, an insane asylum for some of the, the things that I've put in my collection over the years, but I've enjoyed every piece that I've put in my collection. So I've never let myself mm. be defined by any parameters or anything like that. Uh, and make sure uh, the deeper philosophical side, make sure it's fun. I, I, one of the unfortunate side effects that I see, you know, with some collectors and some people that I've, I've dealt with in the past and, and presently is that, that they allow themselves to be defined by their collecting. And it's, it's, it's not about collecting. It's more, more driven by, I don't know, ego maybe. I don't know. It's it's it's. I get it. We're all competitive, and, and it's fun sometimes to, to grab that card in an auction, especially. And I, you know, that's what I want people to do. I want them to compete a little bit. It's nothing, not anything <laughs> worth getting angry about. That's for sure. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. enjoy it. Good point. Good point. And be happy for other people, and, and the fact that we can have these kind of conversations, both you know. And, Message boards and in person, and, and people share the interest in what you do. And for everybody's collection, the best collection. So if, yeah. you, if you enjoy what you're doing, then that's that's what it comes down to. So. Well, Very, well, well, very well. 
I appreciate you being on again, and good luck with the auction. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people bidding and uh, a lot of interest. It's, it's just looking at some of the stuff is just incredible. So uh, I, I truly appreciate it, and I, and I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and coming on and talking tonight. Thanks again. Hey, no problem. Thanks, guys. I really enjoy talking to you, too, and, uh, and appreciate all your support. I really do. Enjoy the auction. Uh, always okay. a pleasure, John. Thanks. Take care, guys. Talk John, to you soon. John Spano, BST Auctions, upcoming auction. If you're not registered for that auction, check out their website, bstauctions.com, and uh, sign up for the auction and start bidding uh, at, on uh, Friday of this week. And uh, It's going to be very interesting. You know, one thing, we don't have much time, but one thing I do point out, uh, I save a lot of auction catalogs that I receive. I don't get them all, but I do get some. And I got to say, John's auction catalog definitely, by far and wide, um, has so much information. I mean, so historical in nature. Uh, it, it's just such a great reference tool to go back and look at. You know what I mean? And uh, I still go back to the first auction, and I, and I still look at a few things in it. Just amazing to read and amazing to see. Totally. No, it's interesting. There was something in his auction. It was like, a, you know, 1911 Illinois team set or something like that. And I, I forget what it was, yeah. but it was a team set. And it was unmarked. Yeah. And I, I click on it to read the description. And it's like, hey, we don't know much about this. Uh, we tried looking. We do this. We do it. Uh, written on the back in light pencil is this. But, hey, we tried. We can't find much more. And I, I actually smiled at that, and I really enjoyed that because I know John <laughs> and Andy both love looking stuff up. Uh, yep. They, they yep. love the history yep. of it. They, they're, they're both, you know, history of fishing autos when it comes to our, our hobby, you know. Uh, yep. And it just kind of cracked me up. John would just put that in there in the description. It's like, hey, man, uh, you know, if you want a mystery, if you want to solve something, find out who this is. It, it was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. They uh, they've gone by far and wide above and beyond to try to educate the collector uh, in their auctions for what they have, and and again, the historical stuff there is just truly amazing to me, to say the least. So I look forward to the auction. Our two-minute warning. I'm going to hand off to you, Joe, real quick. What'd you learn on tonight's show? I I really liked. Uh, you know, I, I finished my, uh, my, you know, my, you know, spotlight collector, you know, article to you uh, last night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my advice to the hobbyist, you know, hearing what John talked about, I kind of echoed what I said. It's just, you know, it's just, it's be good, you know, uh, you know, be nice, be respectful to other people's collections. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There, you know, when there's money and money and ego involved, it's, you know, you got to put that aside sometimes. And I just right. I really liked right. hearing that because uh, right. there's a right. there's a tight group of us of us football collectors. There's about 20 of us, and uh, we just we all get along. We all know each other's sense of humor and the nuances. Yeah. We all know what each other collect, et cetera. And it's just, it's good to hear that. I agree 100. percent It's 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 a nice hobby, and it should really be viewed as a hobby, you know, for the future for for it to continue. And uh, keep the history of the game alive. All right, we're down to 30 seconds. Uh, again, if you don't subscribe to Good Iron Grace Magazine, you're going to be missing out. What the hell are you thinking? Upcoming. 
GridironGreatsMagazine.com. Check it out for subscription information. Uh, Joe, we're out of time. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back later. Uh, actually, we'll be back hopefully later this week with another show, and we'll keep you posted on that. Thanks for listening. Da, 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 da.